Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined by Tasneem Abdul Rashid to chat about her book, Finding Mr. Perfectly Fine. Yes, with Valentine's Day just around the corner, we thought some of you might be in the mood to read a romance. So we wanted to put a spotlight in a less conventional romance novel that we have really enjoyed recently. Welcome to the Book Recos podcast, Tasneem. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Um, So as always in our interviews, we would love if you could please tell our listeners what your book is all about. Oh, my days. Okay, I haven't had to describe it in a while. (laughs) Yeah, be a bit of a test. (laughs) I know, I hope I don't fail like every other test in my life. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Finding Mr. Perfectly Fine, it's about um, a girl called Zara. She is British Bengali like me, born and raised in North London. She's 29 years old. And her mum basically tells her that if she doesn't find a husband before her 30th birthday, that then they're going back to Bangladesh and they're going to get a husband from there. So she's basically got a year to find a man and she starts doing everything she can to kind of like to do that. Um, yeah, I think that's Sounds, it. Yeah. And <laughs> nailed it. it up, right? <laughs> I think you nailed the brief there yeah well done um and before we actually get into the specifics of your wonderful book I'd love to chat about just the romance romance genre more specifically so myself and Jess we both love reading romance but it isn't our whole personality shall we say like we dabble in it and um always love the genre when we do but I know you're a big fan of romance aren't you so what was it that made you really dive into writing this book okay so um yeah I am a big fan of romance um especially more like contemporary romance when I was 16 I did have a Mills and Boone phase I'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) but um so now you know I love I love a good um rom-com basically um and I just felt like this was a story that hadn't really been told I mean obviously romance is universal everyone experiences it in whatever shape or form but the kind of experience of like a British Bengali woman um trying to find someone to settle down with is so unique and obviously mm. there are elements about it that overlap with other cultures but um but it is pretty unique in itself um so I don't know I think the idea probably came to me back in the day when I was that age where my parents started looking for me um and all our friends were going through the similar things our parents were looking for us and we were all talking about it and what was going on and we had these marriage CVs and all of this madness going on and I just thought at that point you know what this is a story that needs to be told yeah like as it hasn't been hasn't been written about before um and yeah so it's kind of been there at the back of my mind stewing away for the last don't want to admit it but it's been like 20 years <laughs> um and yeah so just recently in the last few years I thought you know what I mean it's been 20 years since I had the idea and no one still has written this book so yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, I need to hurry up and do that yeah. myself um and that's kind of how how the story came about yeah yeah gosh hearing you say that is nuts that you were like yeah this would be great and then almost like waiting to be able to read that book yourself and no one yeah. else did so you took it <laughs> in your own hands I love that so you just mentioned that like you know it's kind of similar to your your own 
upbringing and, and what you went through. Mm. How much of yourself have you put into Zara or is Zara okay. totally made up? I think Zara herself as a character is made up. Um, I mean, she feels like one of my sisters now. I've got two sisters. She feels like my third sister. Well, two sisters and two sister-in-laws, two, three sister-in-laws. So she just feels like, yeah, she's part of the crew, basically. In the gang, yeah. Uh, in the gang. Um, so Zara herself is made up. But I would say that her experiences and the things she goes through is like a it's like a mix of all different things that I've experienced, my sisters, my friends, my cousins, like, you know, the marriage questionnaire that happened to my friends. Some guy thought he could send her this questionnaire and got her to fill it out and jump through <laughs> oh, this stop. That was true. Before. That was true. You know, so there are bits and pieces from it that are true. Mm-hmm. And the whole setting is like, is my life, like North London, Finsbury Park. That's me. That's where I grew up. Um, you know, Haringey, all of that, <laughs> all Turkish restaurants. <laughs> you know, if you're from North London, you know, basically, mm-hmm. all of that is completely, yeah, my life. The mum and dad, very similar to my mum and dad. My mum hates it when I say that. <laughs> you know, the mum's really? a little mean in the book, isn't it? She's a bit, you know, a bit, <laughs> a bit harsh. And she made, my mum was like, if your next book has anything to do with me in it, I'm giving you a one star on Amazon. <laughs> oh, okay, mum. But no, do you know no, what? No. That's just proving your point further yeah. that she is the character in the book. Oh my god, I'm so I hope she doesn't listen to this. I always get myself <laughs> into trouble with what I say and will write, obviously. <laughs> but and she was like, Why have you made your dad so nice and you've made me into the villain? I was like, mm, if the boot fits, no, <laughs> but um, no, there are very, a lot of similarities between the parents and my parents, and the grandma is like my grandma. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so there are there are lots of bits and pieces, but it's like a mashup of everyone and everything all together in this this big family. Oh, oh yeah. that's great! I loved the grandma, and it and the book is it's dedicated to your. I dedicated to my grandma because she passed away during the first lockdown. Um, oh, and so sorry. while I was in the middle of, of writing this and the character oh, was already inspired by her and yeah. based yeah. on her so yeah that's why I dedicate I had to dedicate the book to my to my nanny she's amazing she oh, was so lovely she was one of my favorite characters she was and just... that's her you know with the glow in the dark prayer beads that was her always <laughs> of, like satsumas and always hugging us and so defending us she always had our back always no matter what crazy stuff we got up to she was like no it's not her fault it wasn't her fault <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that you've you know you've sort of immortalized her through this beautiful dedication that will live on forever so I think that's such a lovely gesture um Thank you. And back onto your book then. Yeah. So one of the big topics you explore is the sort of the myriad of pressures that are placed on women, be they societal, cultural or or religious. And there's a point where Zara, under the pressures of her family, particularly her mum, thinks that being married to someone is better than no one. And you know the title itself is a is a nod to that finding Mr Perfectly Fine instead of Mr Perfect for her is that something you wanted to challenge specifically when writing definitely definitely I do think there is a massive amount of pressure on women regardless of where they come from and what their background is um in my culture even now in today um it it's like the yardstick for success it doesn't matter how successful you are you could have a phd you could be like a millionaire everyone will just look at you in sorrow and sympathy if you roll up to a wedding alone at 35 
you know it's like it's just you're considered to have failed in life if you haven't managed to get a husband and obviously once you have a husband that's not enough then you have to have a child and another child and you know and then all of their achievements become your successes and Mm -hmm. it's just constant pressure right no matter what you do there's always something else that you need to do as well so yeah I did want to challenge that because I feel like now more than ever women have come to a point where they're not ready we're not ready to settle for just any old person you know for the sake of it just to tick a box we want that person to be the right person and I think now especially in my age my generation all around me marriages are just crumbling and I think it's because 10 years ago Mm that's what we did we settled we just went for anyone just for the sake of making our families happy making even even it's not even our families we didn't feel happy and complete until we'd done that yeah I think yeah I definitely wanted to challenge that I wanted to make it okay not to find a perfect person and not to settle down with just anyone agreed and I'd love to get your thoughts on whether you think it works vice versa as well do you think the same pressures are put on men in in my culture, yeah, I don't know about every culture, but in my culture, hundred okay. percent. As soon as you've got a good job, that's it. You need to get right. married. Okay. You know, you need to get married. You need to bring us a daughter-in-law. You know, we mm. need to build a house. You know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and the older men get. And then obviously the pressure intensifies and the questions arise, why aren't they married? They must have something wrong with them. They must be gay or um, they're in a relationship with someone they don't want to marry. And there's all these other problems. And then everything gets messed up when the guys get too old because then they start marrying girls that are too young and then the ones in the middle have no one to marry and it's like this disaster. So There's your next few books. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Would you ever write one about the pressure on men in your culture, I guess, because I don't think it's the same for like white men. I mean, white men have everything they could ever want, right? So (laughs) would you ever write a book from their perspective you know what? I hadn't thought about it I think it'd be a brilliant book but I feel like a guy needs to re- to write it mm-hmm. I think it'll be better if I go but I do have four brothers I could I guess you yeah. know interview them yeah. <laughs> and write it because I can't see any of them picking up a pen I mean I think years. it's a book that definitely needs to be written there is one recently actually very similar because it's Pakistani Muslim culture it's called Good Intentions by Qasim Ali and that kind of looks at the pressure of a guy, a Pakistani guy, um, trying to like find somebody kind of not exactly find someone. He has a girlfriend, but he feels like he can't introduce her to his family because they wouldn't approve. And it's kind of like all about that. Oh, but from a Bengali perspective, I don't think I haven't seen anything anyway. And yeah, I want to read that book. <laughs> yeah, so do I. And I've just popped, we'll pop um, good intentions in our show notes as well for any listeners who want to go and, and pick that book up too. Yeah. So back to women. Back to women, exactly. That's For another us. Let's not give them any more time. You guys talk too much anyway, you men. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so me and Lauren are 28 and 29. So we are we are fast approaching 30. Um, and what really, I mean, the premise of the book is that by 30 she has to find a husband. Zara really believes that like there will just be no one when she turns 30. And that is, you know, true for all women we're told that we're not going to have any eggs or, you know, we'll, we'll be past it at that point. And so I just wanted to chat about that a bit more. And do you think for, for age, is it more about that then like you're no good to anyone when you get a certain age, or is it more about that success and being seen a certain way by the time you're 30 or both, I guess. 
I think it's a bit of everything because obviously we all know rationally we know that the day we turn 30 our eggs aren't all gonna just die right no. and I loved how funny that was in your book like that. <laughs> the funny line that Zara says I was like yeah yeah <laughs> you know so I think rationally we know that but I think there's something about reaching a new decade isn't it like mm. I'm actually I'm turning 40 in like a couple of months and I'm already like oh my god I'm gonna be 40 like Kim Kardashian just, says 40s are the best so don't worry I really hope so they're better because <laughs> I'm ready I'm ready for that <laughs> but um yes yeah, so I think there's just something about reaching this a new milestone right that makes us start questioning ourselves and what we've achieved and marriage is obviously one of them but there's so many other things we want to be at a certain place in our careers we want to maybe own a property have a child whatever there's always something I feel like we feel mm. that we need to achieve by that milestone um, and I think I don't know what it is about the number 30 I don't know why why everyone why we're also bothered about turning 30 and being unmarried or single or whatever because obviously it makes no difference whether you're 29 or 35 yeah. but in our culture but I think the issue is that once you reach 30 it's like they feel like because you can't you can only marry usually only marry people older than you right so now right. all the guys are already married by 30 now you're relying on the guys who who are older than you and then so the pools become smaller so the older right. you get, the smaller the pool gets and then questions start arising as to why you haven't, why what's wrong with you, you know? So maybe mm. there's something wrong and that's why you haven't. And that's another thing. But I think more and more now, that's what society thinks, right? But what's happening to us, I think, as women is that the older we get, the more confident we become. Yeah. We become yeah. more confident. We know who yeah. we are a lot more. Like I know I know I, who I am so much more now than I did 10 years ago, mm. right? I'm so much more confident in my own skin, in my own skin. Um, and I think we start recognizing that and we start valuing ourselves more as well. And then we start knowing like what we like, what we don't like, what we want yeah. out of life, what we don't want out of life. Right. So once you start knowing yourself like that, you need to find someone who can slot into all of that and make your life better. Because what's the problem with someone who's going to make it worse? Yeah, because yeah. you don't want someone to come and just ruin everything that you've just realised. It's a really good point. I think back to the me at 25, to to the me nearly turning 30, and I'm much pickier, and I think I say that in the best way possible. Yeah. So actually, it's it's a good position to be in, but I completely understand the, the sort of fear that um, led to the creation of this book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think what you've done so well is you've created a book which is about a Bengali woman's search for a husband. And yeah. culturally, there are sides to that that only she and sort of the South Asian community will be familiar with. However, I think ultimately her actual experience of finding a husband is a universal truth that everyone who reads this book will be able to relate to and you really explore the highs and lows of what comes with dating in the modern world and how some dates will be better than others <laughs> but regardless how difficult and sometimes emotionally taxing the whole experience can be yeah um you've mentioned part of this was in, in inspired by your own experience are there is there anything you can share with us that sort of made its way into the book yeah I mean there's so much stuff I mean I mentioned already about the about the questionnaire about the online dating that was all based yeah. on my friends experience. a marriage cv is not something I'd ever heard of before oh marriage reading. cvs yeah I have one everyone has a marriage cv obviously I don't yeah. need one more but <laughs> I did at one mm, point yeah 
um, yeah, so everyone I know, every Bengali woman that I know who's of a marriageable age has a marriage CV, and it's literally like what Zara's one was. There's nothing interesting in there. It's just like name, age, height, um, you know, your educational background, your family background, your parents, what they do, what your siblings do, and that's it. Right. Um, and if you put too much, like nowadays, girls are starting to put a bit of about me, but that's like you don't want to go on too much about about you because you don't want to look like you're too interested and you're begging you know you've got to be a bit aloof a bit mysterious at the same time right and then the poor guys they always have an about me section but which gets torn to shreds really um yeah well by people like me and my God, give us like in the whatsapp group i know like my sister got married recently and he had an uh, about me section in his bio data of the guy she got married to and we like proper analyzed it we're like hmm, <laughs> she really need to use that word though to say that like hasn't that point just been repeated up there like so we really did like analyze the hell out of it um having said that they're also really totally inauthentic like my brother got married a few years ago and I wrote his marriage cv right oh, wow okay the writer I had to write a marriage cv <laughs> right? so, and so I put his cv together we pulled out his pictures from his instagram he didn't even see it right me and my dad oh did my it. god and then um, in the about me section I did I made it a little bit funny I thought you know what a girl's gonna like this let's make it a little bit funny right and the funny thing is, so he's married, right? My sister-in-law recently, we were talking and she was, I was like, so when you read his um, Camille's bio data, like what stood out for you? And she goes, you know what? It was that about me bitch because it was so funny. Like it really set him apart from everyone else. And I was like sniggering to myself. This is your side hustle now. Maybe you could like outsource this. You know what? I was telling my sister, we should yeah. do that. My sister's a makeup artist, my older sister. We're like, you could do this, that, all the pictures and stuff. You yeah. the pictures. Yeah. The styling, because some of these pictures are awful. Like, really <laughs> like, you can do the styling, but and I'll do, I'll write the CV and then, you know, we'll we get paid. But I've got too many side hustles. Like, I, <laughs> okay. I <can't>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you've got a podcast in. of your own, right? I do. I have a podcast called Not Another Mum Pod. Um, and it's all about kind of like giving a voice to like diverse voices who haven't always had their stories um, kind of like publicized or put mm. out there on a platform. Um, and yeah, it's going really well. Our most uh, popular episode is Was My Husband Gay? That one got us in like Apple Podcast wow. charts and trending and everything. Oh, it's a amazing. mad one. You guys have to listen to it. It's I'm great. going to. Oh my God. I'm right. going to. You've got me <laughs> in by the title already. <laughs> Um, yeah okay so maybe a side hustle for another time yeah Yeah. I've got too much I've got a day job and anyway yes I'm busy you are a busy girl um so we mentioned in our Instagram review of your book that like I was just left guessing the whole way through I was like oh a new man okay maybe this is the one she's gonna oh hang on how about this guy how about this guy and I loved it because romance typically is quite a but like you it's can't predict obvious, what's going to happen. Okay. As soon as they meet and they, you know, they catch yeah. someone's glance for yeah, or, or there's someone they don't like. You're like, well, you're obviously oh, yeah. married at the end of this book. Of course, but and that's like lovers, right? Yeah, but that's like why we love romance. You know, we read it not to see if they get together, but more yeah. how. How is that going to happen? Yeah, but true. then, yeah, like your one was not predictable at all. And Are so we allowed one... to do spoilers here or not? No, we no, no okay. Spoilers. Right, yeah. But whatever you're going to say, I want to hear one. We've hit stop recording because okay, it's right. interesting. <laughs> um, but I wondered, did you always know 
the ending of your book no. when you started writing it oh, yes. when did you decide it when I, got there, literally, when I got there in fact even yeah it was when I got to the end because when I plan a book I never know what the end's going to be because I feel like you need to chill with the characters you need to yeah. get to know them because you know they're different they become alive as you write them right yeah and you get to know them more and more um, as you're writing it so in my head, I was kind of thinking it would be one thing and it ended up as something completely different. So if I was and then I was so surprised. And then I was like, oh, no, like, what if everyone hates this? But then I was like, I've got to just go with what happened. Like, this is what they wanted to do. Like, yeah, this is our story. I've got to yeah. respect their story. I can't just get involved and change it to make everyone happy, you know. Yeah. But I don't think either way, whoever she would have gone for, there would have been another team being like, no, it should have been this. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You can't write to make people happy, basically. No. Yeah. I love Other that. than yourself. Of course. Um, <laughs> or, or, or your brother happy when you're writing his. Uh, <laughs> that was quite important. <laughs> That's key. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're not going to discuss the ending because we okay. don't want to spoil it for people. But will there be a sequel? So at the moment, there is no sequel. So okay. right now I'm writing something completely different. Ah. Uh, but it's not actually, com- it's, I'm saying it's completely different, but it's really not. They're still, <laughs> from Orleans, they're still from North London. There's still a love story. There's still a will they, won't they. But it's just Great. a different family, different characters, all of that. Yeah. But, um, and no one knows this. So you guys are like the first person to know this, first people to know this. Um, there's going to be a little cameo. Yay! A little crossover. Oh, doing. That's a sick idea, right? That literally Love that. came to me a few weeks ago. I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, let's see how Zara's doing. Let's, let's yeah. pop her in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so, so down for that. We live for that. We live for the crossover. I'm living for that too. I'm so excited <laughs> about it. And I'm like, I shouldn't really tell people, but I'm, I think I'm just going to tell. I can't keep a secret. I'm yeah, because no, we'll know to look out for it. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I saw on your Instagram that you posted um, on your stories that you'd just written an epilogue. Yes, so does that, that mean you finished another book? Yeah, so that was like a few days ago, right? So I've just finished book to the book that I was contracted oh to write. As yeah, deal. Um, I need to edit it. I need to edit it a lot. <laughs> it yeah. goes through a lot of edits before it hits the shelf. So I've just finished writing it, but yeah, I'm going to spend the next few weeks just going back and filling in all the holes and padding yeah. everything out and trimming down the fat and every other cliche you can think of. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when that's due to be publishing? Um, not until 2024, so I think it's going to be around Feb 24. Nice. Just in time for Valentine. Yay! Mm, so, very well know, done. And has it got a title? Um, so well, I've called it The List, um, okay. but I don't know. That sounds a bit dead, doesn't it? So they're probably going to change that to something else. <laughs> I quite like The List. I, I, I like that's quite intriguing. Your... Like The List of what? The list like of my mum asked, like, the list what's of... this new book called then? I was like, what's this new book called then? I'm like, The List. She's like, hmm. Um, but yeah I don't know they might change it because obviously they um my editor will have a look and they'll decide what yeah and so on and um, but I've actually written something else as well I've written a YA oh great book. um it's called hijabi it's about um a little 15 year old who's born and raised in Dubai and she's just moved back to England where her parents are from after her parents split up so she moves back to the UK to Essex with her mom, and she's like, "What the hell is this? Where am I?" <laughs> oh my god, I want to read that. It's yeah. so good. You're gonna love it. Honestly, it's so good. So hopefully, something will happen with that later on this year as well. Um, there's just so many things to write about. 
yeah has really. been, how do you have the time to do all of this I really like, don't <laughs> but you've done it that's in, that's incredible that you've written three books you've got a full-time job you've got multiple Kids, side hustles yeah. and children no you know what I'm, and I'm, I'm conscious of not wanting to ask you how do you do it because but you the, know though, if I'm you were a man I would ask you the same thing you know what you just do what you gotta do right if you mm. want to do something you have to go and do it and like, no one's actually gonna go and do it for you look I waited yeah. years for this book no one did it so I had to just go and do it you know yeah <laughs> if you want something done you just have to do it for yourself don't you basically I know it sounds like <laughs> such a mum thing to say and I hate yeah. my mum moments but I am a mum at the end of the day I know I hide it really well <laughs> <laughs> and how old are your children they're six and eight. Oh. So literally, like Zara, I wrote it while I was like breastfeeding this baby that wouldn't get off my body. It was like glued to my boobs yeah. or seven, and I was dying, and I was like, I need something else. I need something more. <laughs> yeah, something. Zara while she dates yeah, exactly. around. She, yeah, you know she helped me so much. She helped yeah. me get through those first few years of having a toddler and a newborn baby and life being really awful. And she kind of like got me through it all. Oh, on the other end with a book and another book and all yeah. these. Thing. so I'm really really grateful amazing. oh that's amazing and one day they'll get to read your books um yeah hopefully oh, I don't know my they are interested that every day they're like when are we going to be able to read your books when are you going to write a children's book <laughs> like yeah you know add oh, another thing to my list, yeah. to the list. <laughs> you're slowly getting younger the list yeah. now yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this has been so fun. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank so you for having me. Yeah. It's so lovely. Like, I love talking about the book and I love talking about it with fun people. Sometimes you do interviews and they're really dead and it's so boring. But this is a good one. So thank you. <laughs> well, I know you've got to go. You've got the school run. So we won't keep you much longer, Tasneem. But thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you. Thank you for as- reading it and for sharing it. Like, I'm so happy you enjoyed it. Like, I always worry that people who aren't Bengali aren't going to like it. So I'm so glad. That- Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And it's a it's a must read for everyone. If you love a romance, then this ticks a lot of boxes. But before you go, one final question we'd love to ask you is, and it's one we ask all our listeners, uh, guests on the podcast is can you leave our listeners with a book record of your own maybe a book you've enjoyed recently or a firm fave of yours okay so one book that I read recently so it's over the last year so it's not actually that recent that's, that's fine. fine okay that is absolutely fine um, and it's called would I lie to you um it's by an author called Alia Ali Afzal so she is um london-based Pakistani writer and it's so fun it's like um it's a bit like shopaholic great I love the shopaholic series yeah so she's Pakistani she lives in Wimbledon she's got this bougie life that she's trying to keep up with and she accidentally spends like all her husband's life savings without (laughs) realizing by buying all this nice stuff and you know going to spas and whatever trying to keep up with the Joneses basically yeah and then he loses his job and he's like don't worry we've got that like that nest and she's like shit we do not have that nest but I can't tell him And then it goes on from there. It's such a fun book. Like it's a real page turner. And it's oh my a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh God, I'm I... buying that after this. That is so <laughs> up my street. Thank you for the reco. Welcome. Um, and just thank you in general. Thank you for your fabulous book. Thank you for joining us. I can't wait for everyone to hear this and then go and read your book. Thank, thank you, you so much. It's been amazing. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then like, subscribe, leave a rating and review. It costs you nothing, but it genuinely means the world to us. And don't forget to share our podcast with your reading buddy because they might like to listen. 
And if you don't already, then subscribe to our monthly newsletter at www.bookrecos.com for a roundup of recos. See you next week. We'll be here.